This is the Blind Grilling Experience, and I am the most interesting griller in the world. Welcome back to the Blind Grilling Experience. I'm your host, Chris Peltz, and joining me once again is my good friend and fellow blind griller, Mr. John Grimes down in Frisco, Texas. John, how you doing, man? Hey, Chris. Doing good. Good to be with the most interesting griller in the world once again. Absolutely. Yeah, man. Absolutely. I tell you what, man, it has been hot here in Missouri. It has been humid. We've been, heat index is over 100, and it is hard to get out and cook when it is not just that hot, but that humid. It's just, it's like hitting a wall when you walk outside, Um, but but we've still done some grilling. I, I know you've been firing up the grill a little bit, and and uh and hitting it so uh we're going to talk a little bit about that we're going to talk a little bit about some uh some failures you know um and and cooking in some new areas we, we got a little bit to chat and talk about today and so i'm looking forward to that and as always just uh love having you joining me and um and being a part of what we've got going on with blind grilling experience so um but uh yeah what is it like down in texas right now yeah it's hot yeah it's hot the lows are like in the mid eighties. Luckily for us, it's not too humid here. Right. Uh, so we got that going for us, but yeah, uh, yeah, it's yeah. still blazing hot. I got a, um, uh, where my, my grill's positioned. I've got a uh, umbrella that provides some, um, protection from the right. sun. Yeah. Um, but it is, it's hot. If it's not humid, you know, shade can make a huge difference. But man, when it is humid, it just uh, it it really just doesn't matter. Shade and or no shade. When you're when you're standing over a, a hot know, grill, dude, a six hundred degree grill. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, I hear that. Well, uh, you've been playing around uh, with your expander system that you got for for Father's Day. I know you've been doing some cooks yeah, on that with uh, some more burgers and brats. And how's that going? Uh, it's going. It's going pretty good. I've. I'm understanding my limitations. What 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 my uh, boundaries are with how much I can put on there because, um, last maybe a week and a half ago, I, I had um, it set up with uh, twelve of those uh, these slider burgers in the in the fish basket, mm-hmm. and five brats. Um, the fit the burgers on the bottom, brats on the top. That's all we had. So that's what I cooked. And a couple, um, let's see, a couple of days ago, I did the same burger routine, but I had 10 brats up on top. And, yeah. you know, um, I was, I was out there, uh, watching it and there was a lot of smoke mm-hmm. and you know what they say, Chris, Yeah, where there's, where there's smoke, smoke there's, there's fire. fire. That's right. And I wasn't really, I hadn't, you know, as crazy as it sounds, um, I noticed that it was smoky more so than normal, but it never really clicked to me. I mean, I, you know, I knew that that's what was going on, but it, I don't know. It never really clicked to me that I should be paying closer attention to it for some reason. Right. Um, and by the time I got everything off, um, I mean, the burgers were editable, 
but they got the brunt of the uh, the flame broil. Yeah, so, <laughs> right. And you weren't um, using were, your flame boss, right? Because of the the. No, I was. Right. Oh, okay. I, was, I I don't I don't cook without it. Yeah. I mean, I cook. You know, use the flame boss every time. You know, the exception to that, which is something I'd, I'd like to visit with the flame boss guys about, uh, which you know otherwise is a tremendous device is yeah. at the high temperatures. When I cook um, a, a fillet hot and fast, like six hundred degrees. Mm-hmm. It'd be nice to, for the flame boss, be telling me the temperature. I have to rely yeah. on the position of the sun to know what the temperature is. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, but okay. no, I was the boss was uh, was uh, the cruise control was on. Yeah. And it was maintaining the right temperature. It was just flames flaring up. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And um, and all the grease. It, it was just too much grease from the from the brats, gotcha. and um, that's what it was. So, um, luckily. Uh, there were of the twelve, um, I would say about seven were editable, and uh, we did we ate about half of those. And I, um, I told my wife, I said, "This these are terrible. Uh, <laughs> right, we have yeah. to do this again." So the next day, we went back to the store and got twelve more, redid it, just the burgers, and um, she said they were the best ones I've ever made. So yeah, there you go. Yeah, came back, and the brats were fine. They didn't they, because of they were up up top. They didn't really get much flame, so the right. broths were fine. The burgers were just a little, little toasty. Yeah, mostly around the edges. the The inside of them was was okay, but still a little more than I didn't like them. Gotcha. Yeah, of course that's that's direct. You're cooking direct when you do that's that. Direct. So there's no yeah. no plate setter or as the new guys call it, the convector was not in the egg. Um, and so, uh, that, you know, and that, that takes some getting used to as well. I mean, that's, you know, adjusting from uh, an indirect cook to a direct cook, um, you know, especially being blind or visually impaired is something that you've, uh, it, it can be a much bigger difference than a lot of people would realize. And, um, and certainly when you got the drippage, of course, with any grease that's going to flare up. So, um, so yeah, that, that can really impact your cook. So, um, what do you do when you get a. A grease fire like that, flames. Um, I just don't get it because you're it, that good. Well, <laughs> it it has been a long time <laughs> since that since that has happened. But you know, I I don't do much that isn't indirect anymore. I mean, um, you know, when we do burgers, I really like the smokehouse style burgers where we're just low and slow smoke. Um, and even when I do uh, some hot and fast cooks i'll still use a plate setter even with brats and hot dogs and stuff and and really get a nice smoky flavor even at a higher heat so um so i just don't do the direct cooks uh at nearly as much and so you know if we're doing some you know stir fry some vegetables or something you know i might then but they're in a you know they're in some type of pan or basket so it's uh not that much of an issue. So I, I've just made certain adjustments to where, you know, I try to avoid that if at all possible. Mm-hmm. So yeah. yeah. Lesson learned. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're no fun. I mean, that's, that's something that, uh, you know, cause I mean, you know, I've seen folks get very serious fires going, um, well, you know, losing control and having to shut the egg down altogether. And, and for someone who's blind or visually impaired, once you do that, once you shut that egg down, I mean, you got to be really careful reopening that, you know, getting things going back again. And, um, and it's, 
it's pretty intimidating. You know, it, it can be when you've got that happening. So, um, so yeah, I just try to avoid it as best I can altogether. And, um, and so far I've done pretty good, pretty good with it, but yeah, it is, you know, it, those are those lessons, you know, I mean, I trust me, I've lost hair opening up the egg without burping it, you know, and flames coming out and, and getting me on the arms and, and, uh, and eyebrows and all that. So, you know, those are experiences that, uh, that you definitely learn from. And, uh, you, you, uh, usually don't forget those. Mm. <laughs> so, uh, you know, when they happen. So, um, yeah, well, luckily mine wasn't too bad, but yeah, um, it, it is something I need to pay closer attention to. Yeah. And, and now, it, what did you do different the next time? It was it just not having the brats you think, or just, uh, did you do anything different the with the burgers? Yeah, no, the, brats, the brats were the, um, the issue, just the grease yeah. from the brats. Yeah. I mean, I, I've cooked, uh, I've cooked 10 brats on there. Well, I, maybe it wasn't just the brats. Cause I, the, the time before I cooked, I generally cooked the 12 burgers. Yeah. Um, because I generally fill up the basket. And yeah. uh, previously I've cooked, well, you know, I'm sorry. I've never cooked them at the same time before the last time where I cooked five. Gotcha. Yeah. I guess it just was, uh, and you know, I've been thinking about that too. Maybe if I go back and revisit, I'm trying to remember those might've been a little, a little toasty too, with, although they weren't noticeably really, yeah. I mean, nobody said anything about it. But gotcha. those might there might have been a little too much grease going on there, but ten was definitely too much. Yeah. So I, I don't know if I need to use the plate setter or just need to uh, cook them separately, mm-hmm. even though I can cook them together. Yeah, yeah. Uh, with the room I have, but maybe it's just not, and maybe not even completely a, a plate setter as much as maybe just a little bit of a drip pan um, underneath, just to help mitigate some of that. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, another thing you might think about too, uh, one thing we haven't really talked about on this program, I just thought of is the grill grate, uh, the grill grate brand grill grates that are, uh, I believe they're aluminum and man, they, you know, not only, you know, do they get you a really good sear even at lower temperatures, but you know, they've, they've got kind of that trough effect where they're catching a lot of that grease and try to, and help prevent flare ups. So that might be an option as well to put some grill grates down um, and and prevent that also. Is that is that uh, th- so? Those are like solid. There's not space between the grates. Uh, no, yeah, there is. Yeah, there's a little bit of space that creates kind of like a little trough effect. Yeah, there's like a little trough in between each little grate. Uh, but it's, but it's like, if you were to turn them over, there's a flat surface. If you want to do smash burgers on them or something like that, you know, but your, uh, your fish basket will fit right on, you know, set right on top of it, just like it does the regular grate as well. So it shouldn't have any, you know, any, any problem, but it might help keep some of that drippage from getting down on your fire and, and, and the flare up. So, uh, something else you gotta get another accessory. That's right. right. Your wife's going to hate me. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. So she's like, all right, you talk to Chris again. Oh yeah. So what are you going to buy now? (laughs) That's the way it goes. Oh man. Well, um, well that's cool. But yeah, you you know, with, with this heat, of course it's hard to fire up the oven in the house when it's this hot too, because even running the air, then the house gets hot. So we try to do as much cooking outside as we can in these situations. But yeah, sometimes it's, you're going to be miserable no matter what. So it just, you know, you want to be miserable inside or out so mm-hmm. 
Uh, but uh, but we'll get through it. You know, everybody in the middle of the summer, everyone complains and wants cold weather, and when the winter comes, they complain and want the hot weather. So uh, I guess we're in that cycle <laughs> right now. Anyway, so um, but uh, you know, you know, we I, I've had a couple of good experiences and 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 a couple of pretty rough experiences myself here lately. I actually went on a fishing trip with my brother in law. And we went down to Branson, and uh, I took a center cut of a, a whole beef tenderloin with us uh, that was on sale here at a local butcher shop, and and so I thought, man, we're gonna we're gonna eat good one night, you know. Um, and it's a good thing because we didn't catch any fish, so <laughs> good thing I took something to cook. But um, you know, we get down there, and I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna you know I'm gonna cook up my brother in law just a just a really good uh, supper one night. And, you know, sometimes you're thinking about, you know, things that you're familiar with cooking. You know, I, I do that all. I cook, you know, beef tenderloins all the time. I do potatoes all the time. Well, the difference is when you get somewhere that you're not familiar with, you walk in and there's a kitchen you've never been in. The layout is completely unfamiliar. The pans you're unfamiliar with. Um, even when you've got all the other food supplies themselves, you know, working your way around a very tight kitchen with, you know, not your, um, you know, utensils, not your pans, you know, those kinds of things. It um, That was really frustrating, you know, for me, uh, not being able to see and trying to figure out things, you know, and, and uh, certainly had to run my fingers under some cold water a couple times just trying, you know, feeling my way around on things. I mean, it turned out great. The food was good still, but... Uh, it was definitely a little rougher, um, you know, than being at home, you know, somewhere you're familiar with, you know, you know where everything is at and where to reach to the right or to the left or whatever it is, you know, you're familiar with that. And that, that makes a huge difference that I think a lot of folks don't realize, um, you know, when you're blind or visually impaired, you travel somewhere and you, you know, you're so used to your kitchen and where things are. But then you go to this unfamiliar area and almost like, um, you know, going to, you know, somebody else's house and they're like, Hey man, you love to grill here. Go ahead and, you know, cook us up something. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you're not familiar with where everything is. And, and it's just, uh, um, it, it, it really is nerve wracking, at least for me in that situation. So, um, so everything turned out okay, but, um, it, it, I don't know. It was almost not worth it just for the stress that it caused. Yeah, sounds like it. So, you know, and that's, uh, and, and, you know, I don't know uh, how much experience you've had trying to cook somewhere other than in your own backyard or your own kitchen, but that, that was definitely, you know, kind of a, a frustrating, uh, especially, you know, I was with my brother-in-law, you know, my wife is more, you know, she knows more of what kind of help, you know, I need and things. My brother-in-law mm-hmm. was willing to jump in and help, which was great, but, you know, it, it you'd really rather not have to have that if you don't, you know, if you don't need it. But yeah, um, I think you yeah. know people that, that would travel or go places have the same type of issues um, without any kind of visual challenges. I, I mean, that's just you're in a new environment trying to figure things out. But I think with the with any kind of challenge like uh, like a vision impairment, just kind of magnifies those things mm-hmm. and makes them, you know, maybe not even maybe not even worth going going through the trouble to do that so yeah uh, sometimes yeah 
How'd you cook the steak in the oven? Yeah, well, um, so we found a skillet finally, um, and just with a little bit of uh, olive oil and butter in the bottom of the skillet, we seared uh, the the tenderloin uh, on the on top of the stove. Um, I seared it for about two minutes aside, and then and then stuck it in the oven um, and uh, and brought it to about a medium rare. So, uh, is there any left? Uh, no, <laughs> it was eaten. <laughs> yeah it 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 definitely it turned out great it really did turn out good but it was uh it was definitely frustrating and nerve-wracking just you know uh, because i'd forgotten Mm -hmm. my talking thermometer my instant read so i didn't have that Mm -hmm. with me so um i was definitely doing more of a timing type thing and um you know i stick it in the oven i'm like all right uh five to ten minutes and uh uh, mine will be done. I'll eat it regardless, you know, and he liked his a little bit more what done. So he cooked his a little longer. And, but I told him, I was like, well, you, you pay attention to that. Then I'm, <laughs> I've got mine done. I'm going to eat mine. <laughs> and so, that, so that turned out all right. But, um, but yeah, it, it, it was definitely different. And, and yeah, it's, it's one of those things, six and one half a dozen, the other, you know, it's, it's so frustrating, but then once you eat, get to eat it, it's like, wow, that was so good and worth it. Right. Yeah. But when you're going through it, you're like, I don't know if this is worth it. I don't know if I want to do this again or not. So now, had you, had you caught fish, would you be cooking the fish? Um, yeah, but he, you know, he, he, Richard is, Richard's a really good cook himself within his own right, especially when it comes to trout, because he does so much trout fishing and, and cooks a lot of trout. So I, I probably would have just sat back and let him do that. So, well, yeah, but you guys would have eaten what you caught. Kind oh of yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it was trout. Yeah. Yeah. That's what we were going after for sure. Uh, but we were down on Lake Tinicomo and they had the, um, the, uh, turbines open, you know, for running power throughout Branson and man, the water was so swift and so fast and, th- and there wasn't anybody catching anything that, you know, that we talked to everybody was like, no, nah, they're not biting. Uh, and then we even took one day, we even like, well, forget this. And we drove an hour, uh, West to Roaring River, uh, near Cassville, Missouri and went to a, uh, trout hatchery and, um, you know, we get there and folks are lined up. I mean, it, you know, it's like, all right, we, you know, we'll catch some fish here. And, and, you know, I had a bite and that was it. And then pretty soon, you know, Richard's like, man, everybody's leaving. Everybody's gone. And he's you know, like, well, they're leaving because the fish ain't biting. So, you know, we still didn't catch anything. So, yeah, it was, but Hey, you know what? A bad day of fishing is better than a good day of work for sure. So really a good day of anything else. Right. <laughs> so, uh, so it was fun. It was fun getting away, uh, spending time with my brother-in-law and, and, um, you know, getting out, you know, along the streams and, and things. So that was nice. So definitely had a good time with that, you know, for sure. So, uh, well, man, we got a couple of other things to talk about before we do though, let's go ahead and, uh, mention one of our partners. And today we're going to be mentioning Kickash basket kickash basket has the accessories for your grill whether you've got a kamado like the big green egg the kj the vision or maybe you've got a pk grill or a weber man they have got the charcoal basket for you and they've got all kinds of other accessories and tools as well as far as heat resistant gloves charcoal gloves They've got the J.J. George Grill Torch on their website, a favorite of John and myself. And so go to their website, kickashbasket.com, and check them out, and be sure and tell them Blind Grilling Experience sent you. 
So, John, before we we, uh, we started our talk today, one of the things you had mentioned was charcoal. And uh, yeah, I'm a big fan of Fogo. And Fogo had partnered with us, uh, you know, last year and, and, and the year before, I think, when we delivered the uh, the your egg to you you know we provided also a, a fogo a bag of fogo charcoal and you know that that is probably my favorite and, and it continues to be no doubt i mean i continue to use fogo for our cooks um you, you've kind of experienced uh, experimented a little bit you've done some different brands and, and things but uh what are you thinking on the you know on charcoal what's been some of your experience on the charcoal well, I I used when when you came, um, there was a bag of Fogo, and then I think there was one or two bags provided by the grill store, uh, Big Green Egg probably brand. I don't know. I didn't really know what to expect then, so everything was, you know, just yeah. Okay, this is charcoal. I mean, that was my first experience with lump charcoal, so um, I didn't. Uh, I did, I don't know if I knew what to expect, but for me. Um, I think I was using, I think mostly what my brother was using and that's one reason because he, he was using it, uh, in his egg. But I think the other thing was availability. Um, I, there's a Home Depot very close to me and I was, they, they sell, um, Royal Oak, which right. is, you know, I don't know the redheaded stepchild of, of the big, <laughs> big green egg brand. Or, I don't know the story there, but apparently there's a, there's a story. Um, and I was used, I, I've been using that really ever since I did get some B and B, uh, yeah. charcoal. I was at a, um, uh, an Academy, mm-hmm. which is a sports and outdoor store around these parts. Yeah. Um, and they had B and B and I thought, oh, let's try that. And it was okay. I didn't think it was great or terrible. I just, it was just okay. Mm-hmm. And, um, I just, I don't know. Royal Oak was really easy for me to get. It was very accessible. Um, it's easier to, for me to get to, to some of those other places than it is the grill store near me. Yeah. Um, but then about two weeks ago, maybe three weeks ago, uh, Home Depot is not selling it anymore. So they, I don't know what they changed to with something else. So I thought, okay, well, uh, I guess it's time to switch it up. So now we've been going to the uh, grill store. The last bag I bought was the big green egg bag, um, which I, I don't know. I don't, I'm not really, I don't, I don't know the finesse of, uh, of the, of the charcoal and really what to look for or what, what makes it good or bad versus like, I don't, I think Fogo is probably the best one I've used. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. mostly because you're, what, what you tell me about it. Um, and I noticed, I know the chunks, uh, the pieces are bigger and I think that's better. The bag's bigger. It's, I think it's a bigger, it's 35 pounds is maybe the, the size. Yeah, of the bag. And that really depends on who's ordering, you know, the store that's selling. Cause some, some folks only do the 17.6, you know, size yeah, pound bag. They've got the, I think the, the 35 is in a yellow bag and the, uh, are they well? They have another type, right? Yeah, there's super premium, which is the really big chunks, and then there's just the premium, which comes in a black bag. Oh, yeah. um, so, but yeah, got, which is smaller. It's not a 35 pound bag, I don't think. And then I was doing the math. I mean, the Fogo's more expensive. Um, I don't know if it was the most expensive. It might be the most expensive one that that they sell at, at my store. Um, but I've seen it other places, and then when I start doing the math, 
with the conversion for the bag size difference, it's really not that much more expensive. Yeah. Um, so the next bag I buy will be Fogo. Gotcha. Yeah. And that's something um, that, you know, when it comes to, uh, when it comes to the charcoal, there's a lot of personal preference to that. I mean, some people have really bad experiences and I've had some bad experiences with, with certain brands of charcoal and you know, the, the Fogo, someone had told me about Fogo and I, you know, tried it out and loved it. I mean, thought it was, was awesome, which is why, you know, I'd gotten in touch with them about partnering with our blind grill and deliveries a few years ago. And, and they, they were on board, they jumped all over it. So, um, you know, so it wasn't something that we were pushing because they joined with us. It was something that we were like, Hey, we, we love this product. We want to share it, you know, with, with these folks. And, and they were like, absolutely, you know, they want to be a part of it. And so, um, you know, we use Fogo and, and there are certain things about it that I like. Um, I, I think not only is it harder, I mean, it's a really dense wood, you know, that, that they're, that, you know, you're getting with that. It seems harder. It seems to create less ash, but also it seems kind of neutral, you know, when it comes to flavor profile, um, big green egg is great. It has a great smell. It has a great, you know, it, it, without even adding any, uh, wood chunks itself, you're going to get a really good, an oak flavor, kind of a Missouri oak, uh, flavor to your meat that you're cooking. And, and you're going to smell that. I think through the big green egg brand, I think it, you know, you, you get that in and of itself, uh, but if you really want to, uh, you know, bring along a different type of uh, smoke flavor, you know, from your fruit woods or, you know, um, nut woods, you know, pecan, peach, things like that, I think Fogel works really well to be a little bit more neutral and really allow those chunks of wood that you put in to, to really shine um, and, and really tell that's the kind of wood that you're using, you know, for your smoke. So Mm -hmm. that's one thing I really like about the Fogo charcoal. Um, and, and it's actually been the one that everyone can get here. Whereas everything else has been, you know, out of stock. It's been hard Mm -hmm. to get, um, you know, with everything that's been going on, whether it's, uh, you know, blues hog or Royal Oak or, um, uh, Rockwood or, you know, a lot of these other brands, folks are just don't, they just don't have even the big green egg brand has been in short supply, it seems, but, um, at least the store here, pits and grills, you know, one thing they've been able to get was Fogo. And so we've been able to, um, at least have some charcoal during all this. Doesn't appear to be a supply issue here, uh, other than the change in what my store was selling. Uh, they had plenty of it and then they had plenty of the new stuff. But when I went to the, uh, premier, Premier Grilling, the store here near me, yeah. um, they had a ton of charcoal. They had Big Green Egg, and they had, I think, the two Fogo brands. And I feel like they may have had one other one. Yeah, probably. And there was a big, big stack of them. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, and that's, I mean, it, I just think Fogo lasts longer in, in my experience, but... Um, you know, I, granted, I, I'm a little, I've become probably a little bit biased, but I think it's through the use itself, you know, that I've really come to really enjoy the Fogo brand of charcoal. And um, so that's, that's been, um, you know, that, that's been my experience with it. And I've tried all, I've tried several different brands and, um, and that's, that's just the one that I keep getting back to. And, and there are some that I haven't tried that I'm sure are great, um, you know, and that I would like to, but, um, 
you know, right now, you know, Fogo is available and, and it's, it's, it's hard to leave something that you really like, you know, when it comes, mm-hmm. when you find something that's working well, you know, it's, it's hard to change it up. No, I think with your experience and all the grilling you've done, if you'd say Fogo is, is the best, then you're probably right. And that, I think that, yeah, again, I that's, that's where I'm going next. I'll get some Fogo next. Yeah. Yeah. And like I said, I haven't tried them all, you know, for sure. So, you know, mm-hmm. but, um, but out of what I've, uh, out of what I have tried, definitely Fogo is, um, is got to be one of my favorites. So definitely enjoy that for sure. Um, uh, in any other, uh, any other gadgets or anything you got, you've been messing with as far as on the grill is, is concerned. Any other, you know, cooks that you're really looking forward to coming up? No, I've still got some baby backs on the list. Yeah. I haven't done that yet. Okay. For yeah. some reason. Yeah. It happened, but yeah, I've got a brisket coming up. I'm going to do a brisket pretty soon. Um, I think we've got some folks who are going to be visiting from out of town. And so, uh, we're going to be putting a brisket on the smoker and, and doing that. And, um, you know, kind of looking forward to that. Um, you know, um, you know, I've been able to do, like I said, a little bit of traveling. We've we've cooked and grilled some shrimp, some um, some royal red shrimp. Love that. Some done some serina, some scallops, and things. So uh, that's a few things that we've done. My brother and I went up to my dad's and and uh, a couple of weeks ago and and cooked out on his egg up there, and um, you know had some had some steaks and and shrimp and scallops and you know uh, feasted like kings you know up there visiting with with dad so that was good enjoyed that but um how do you cook the scallops on the egg use a skillet um you you can certainly can or you can just do it right there on the grate Uh, you know the sea scallops are bigger than the bay scallops and we had the sea scallops we had some bigger scallops so they were really nice and and uh, and worked well just right right on on the the grate yep yep so, and long as you, long as you're cooking hot, man, they do not take long at all. So yeah, it's, they, they, that's a fast cook and, uh, man, they're so good. I, you know, some folks don't like them, but, uh, but I love them. I, I really enjoy them. And, and, uh, usually it's a texture issue, I think with folks who are wondering, you know, if they like scallops or not, um, I'll tell you if they don't like medium rare, you know, um, fillets, um, especially the texture of a medium rare filet, you know, more on the rare side, then it probably won't like scallops that are cooked right. Um, but because um, I, I think that that kind of that's the texture that I think of when it comes to you know something like a scallop. I don't know. Have you eaten many? Or do you, you like them? I like them. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know that I've ever I'm trying to think of. I feel like maybe I've cooked them in a skillet on the stove maybe once. Yeah. At a at a restaurant, I have yeah, I like them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they're awesome. I don't know what kind of scallops I've had. If they're sea uh, or bay, see, it's probably bay. It seems to me like they're usually pretty small, um, small, like the like the size of a kind of like a large marshmallow. Yeah. Okay. If you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. The the sea scallops are usually a little bit bigger. You know, a little little thicker. So, uh, but man, they're, they're yeah, I love them. I think they're good. Just a little bit of salt and pepper and mm-hmm. and serum, and uh, and that works for me for sure. So, you know, as far as um, the egg is concerned, um, the and there was something I was going to ask you about that um, about that five piece. Uh, so you've used the second tier. You've you've used the regular rack. Of course, the basket. What about um, the lower tier? No. You haven't used that yet. No. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, that's getting awful close to, to the fire. fire. Yeah, well, especially if I've got 10 brats and 12 burgers on that, I should probably not put anything down that low. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Now, what, what do you do down there? Um, I, I mean, that would be, you know, a really good place if you were going to sear something, you know, if you wanted to do um, your, you know, maybe a little bit lower, uh, you know, reverse sear something with either your burgers mm-hmm. or your steaks, you know, on the top rack, uh, a little bit further away from the fire and then, you know, crank it up and then throw them down low um, mm-hmm. and get them close to that fire to sear. Yeah, that would be uh, probably what I would, what I would do that, or you know, cook some other um, uh, like a pot of beans or something down there on that bottom rack, just to catch the drippings and um, um, you know, and kind of act a little bit like a like a convector plate or something, just to uh, create a little barrier, but then catch the dripping. So mm-hmm. that, that's kind of what I would use it for. I wanted to ask you about the uh, the top part, the top or what, what's the top piece called? I don't, I don't know. The, of the, the, wheel, the, of the... Of the of the egg. Yeah, okay. The yeah, the, the eggulator. Yeah, is that yeah. what they call it? I think that's what they... The new one, anyway. The that yeah. uh, the one piece, rather than the daisy wheel that has the two pieces yeah, that spin. Really are into that, using the word egg and everything. Yeah, I know. That's right. Yeah, yeah. You like that. Um, so I have the original cast iron daisy, daisy wheel. wheel. Yeah. Deal, which is working fine. Yep. Um, you've switched to the eggulator, right? Yes. yes, I have. Well, the sliding top instead of the, tw- um, I don't know what, I don't know how to describe it. Yeah, you, you know, it, it, it's still, you know, it still opens kind of like the daisy wheel does, but the thing about it, rather than just relying upon that hinge and being real loose, you know, a lot of people talk about it flopping open and, and you yeah. get used to how you put it on to where you don't have that issue nearly as much. But the thing about that uh, that new egulator that they've got is it, it actually has magnets and it'll hold it tight um, and it's it it moves a lot smoother. But it doesn't it doesn't flop where you put it where you want it and it stays no matter how much you open or close the lid of your egg. You know that uh, that top vent doesn't move. It doesn't slide open or close. Um, or make any changes uh, unintentionally. So if you want to mm. move that, if it if that's going to move, you're going to have to do it, uh, which is great. I think that's worked out, you know, really well for you know for me, um, because on the daisy wheel, there's been a few times as much as I was very careful and usually had it set that there was a few times where it would move and I didn't catch it because you know it didn't you don't see it, and and you don't think about reaching up and double checking it, and uh, either it either opened and and the heat got way too hot or it closed it and and my temperature dropped and and uh you know you find out and it just kind of you know ruins your cook a little bit so i can see where the because with the the one i have the the standard one um there's there's two mechanisms there there's the sliding the large hole and then there's the little holes on the on the right. wheel part. This is what you would call it. And so it's some it's oftentimes hard for me to under, to figure out if those if the little holes are open and if so how far. Yeah. Um, for me, I can't really see it that well, depending upon the lighting and what's going on. But I more more oftentimes rely on kind of trying to see what kind of smoke's coming out to see if it's like a lot or a little. Um, but that's not a good good way to do it for me either. But I could see where. 
the other one, the new one, um, seems like I'd, I'd be a little more accurate in how I was knowing how it's opened, like how much mm-hmm. it's opened. Yeah, and I think so. And, you know, especially when you run your, uh, your meat, your, your, uh, pit probe, you know, through the top and down and, and clip it to the back of the, uh, the eggs thermometer, um, you know, it's, then you just slide that closed right over the top and it, you know, let the, uh, flame boss do its job. So, so that's kind of what, you know, how I do that. Um, but when I want to do a cook at 450 and I'm not going to use the flame boss, I've gotten mine where about, um, about two fingers wide on the top, um, is, you know, will set me between you know, right around that 400 degrees. And so, mm-hmm. um, and it, and it once like I said, once you get it there, it stays, you know, that that's the great thing about it. Um, you know, it, it just doesn't slide around on you. So, so I really have, have enjoyed it. Yours. What's that? How long have you had your, yours? The, the, the top part? Um, let's see the new top. Um, it, well, more than a year now. Anyway, and does it collect like the soot? Or yeah, it can. Green? I mean, that, but that's see, and that's another thing. You know, they're shipping the new eggs out without the green um, top. You know, the cap. Yeah. They don't even have the green cap anymore. They just you just leave that egulator on top, and then when you close it, you know, okay. it it shuts it down. Uh, and, and it, it doesn't as bad and it's easier, but it's easier to clean. You know, once you slide that open, you know, you can just take, uh, you know, a little bit, uh, something to kind of rub that rim a little bit. And then the underside, cause it's almost like a flat cast iron plate that you're sliding back and forth. And so that underside, you know, just kind of rub it just a little bit occasionally and, um, and I, I haven't had any issues with, you know, being able to open mm-hmm. or, uh, or or close it or getting it stuck or anything like that. So, but you know, occasionally I'll I'll kind of wipe wipe off that rim where there's a little bit of buildup, but nothing like what the um, the uh, old Daisy wheel would get, you know, clogged up. Hmm. So yeah, I, I that that's been one of my favorite. Uh, other than the 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 basket that holds the plate setter. Um, that, that egulator, as far as what big green egg is themselves have put out, that's been one of my favorite, um, accessories. And, and of course, you know, it ships with the eggs now, large and extra large. So, uh, yeah, I'm loving it. I like it. Another accessory. I yeah. guess I got to get, although <laughs> I, it seems that seems more of a luxury at this point. There's nothing really wrong with mine at all. Right. Um, so that, uh, I, I, it's on the list. Sure, man. Yeah, 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 and that <laughs> that list can grow, man. I tell you what, yeah, that list can keep on growing. So that's awesome. But uh, but anyway, that's cool though. Uh, well, dude, um, you know it's been great chatting with you, and uh, look forward to hearing about your your rib cook you got coming up. We need to we need to go and we need to talk about um, a brisket cook, and maybe that'll be one of our next talks, and just go over what we do with briskets and. Um, you know, and, and talk about some time and temp and, and probe and, and all that with a brisket. I think that'd be a good, good, uh, good discussion and, and maybe, uh, help out some folks who are really intimidated by, you know, that, that king of meats, you know, uh, a lot of folks are wanting to know how to do the brisket. And, um, you know, I think, uh, I think we could help them out and try to eliminate, you know, just how intimidating it can be. Um, you know, just kind of, 
bring it down to a level that I think hopefully we can convince them to give it a try because I, I think they won't regret it for sure. Well, that would be a good discussion, and I think we need to do that because I'm, I'm not intimidated, but I am, I'm not as comfortable as you are by any by any stretch of the imagination. So, um, that's definitely something I can improve on my technique and stuff too. So, yeah, um, we sure, should, we should do that. Yeah, man, absolutely. Well, that sounds good, man. John, good chatting with you. Glad you made it on, and uh, we'll look forward to the next program as well, as always. Yeah, good chat with you, Chris. Yeah, absolutely. Folks, I hope you'll check out our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash blindgrilling. Go to facebook.com slash blindgrilling. Be sure to subscribe, like, and send us a message. We'd love to hear from you. Our email address is blindgrilling at gmail.com. And, of course, uh, we've got our website, which we will be working on soon, I hope, uh, which is blindgrilling.org. And so you can uh, be sure and check that out as well. And, of course, as always, remember, if you're looking, you ain't cooking.